What's up, Moda family? Welcome back to another episode. This is episode 91. And if I was consistent and more consistent, I'd well, I'd be over 100 easily, which is kind of a goal of mine. But uh, great to have you and excited to be here. I, I want to jump in and uh, start to talk about a myth in marriage that's very common and something a little bit what you can do about it. So I, I hear a lot in couples therapy and I hear a lot just with my friends when, when it's, uh, they talk about their marriage and they say, I just feel like we're not connecting. I was, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Tell me more about it. And the answer is, it just seems like we, and it's more often not the female to the man. It just seems like we don't have like deep conversations and they'll say, it's like, all we do is just like talk about stuff and and then they'll go on and, and, and the guy's like, I don't, okay, like what, what can we talk about? He often feels like pretty, uh, pretty uh, inadequate at that point of like, well, I don't, okay, like what do I need to go deep about? And, and, uh, and, and there's, a, there's a resentment about the lack of depth that's going on. And no, and, and, and honestly, I, I should probably do a whole podcast on the love languages because quite honestly, I, I don't like them very much. And, uh, because I think they set up a lot of entitlement and a lot of blame more than they do accountability, but they'll, they'll, somebody will even say, well, I'm like quality conversation, you know, like I I like quality conversation and they think that quality conversation means like a lot of depth and, and I'm not saying it doesn't, uh, and that quality conversation shouldn't have some depth to it, but the research is clear actually that the, the chit chat, the little the, the little things that start to go, that, that are talked about, you know, at the store, hey, honey, do we, do we have any bread? And, and the husband's like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if we even, I don't know if we have, let me just go grab some just in case. Or, you know, the, my wife's asking, she just put in a, an electric fireplace in her house and just, what do you think of it, Shaden? What, what do, do you like this type? Do you like this one when we're picking it out? And, you know, just so much chit chat. And guess what? The research says that those couples who to, who use and, and have a lot of chit-chat stay happy because that's connection. So the myth, the myth is, is that connection is, is, is through depth. Now, hear me out. Am I saying that I'm, I'm, I, I don't think you should have deep conversations? Heck no. But in a, if you look at it from this emotion bank account principle, which is really common. I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody has that like trademarked, but if you look at your relationship, like a bank account, you know, deep conversations are, are when you get to put a thousand dollars in, you know, you put a really good deposit of money in there and it's great. But first off, there's not often a lot of, there's not often like a ton of new deep things every day to talk about. They're not, a lot of times it's like old resentments. A lot of the time, what people think is depth is like, old resentments that haven't been forgiven. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be resolved, but at the same time, what there isn't always just such a depth of, of, uh, yeah, of, of content to go through. So, so if you're not chit chatting and then there, it, there lacks a little bit of depth because let's just face it, life is, life is pretty repetitive at times. Then what's your relationship and what's your bank account doing? And then if you, are arguing about the lack of depth in your relationship, if you're arguing about the lack of, again, deep conversation, perhaps, now you're taking money out of the bank for the sake of the lack of money that isn't in there, which no offense, you know, it sounds a lot like financial uh, arguments to begin with, literally, 
when people argue about finances. And the emotions are, are no different. And so as you're, as you're listening, I hope you're thinking, take a little bit of, take a little inventory of your relationship. How much chit chat is going on? If, if you're not married and you're still listening, listen to, think about some of the friendships that you have. And are you, are you, are you not having little, the little conversations, the, the ones that, that are, that almost seem meaningless. And are you wondering where the friendship is? Because they matter. Now, can they be the basis of everything? No, you've got to put some significant money in. However, in the daily grind and in the lifetime grind, if you will, having some having an, an, a, an acceptance that these conversations mean something is very helpful. Because again, the reason I wanted to approach this as a myth is because I think that these these daily interactions are often unvalued and not not taken in as 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 this, as if they matter. In fact, I think they're often resented sadly. That all we all we do is just talk about stuff. And if you've ever said that, I want you to change it. Be grateful that you can. Be grateful that you do talk about a little children's book that your your kid brings home from school and 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 your wife or your husband looks at it and is like, what's this about? And what, why is this cover so weird? <laughs> There's so many children's books out there that I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> I should have been the one to write this, I guess. And, you know, but, and you just, you know, you, you chit chat about it. So I want to read this uh, inventory, the, the world famous John Gottman. He is a professor and a, uh, a, a researcher in, I would say, the best couples researcher in the world. And he wrote a book called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, and it's amazing. It's actually what I like to, I like to give this as a gift for wedding presents. Uh, so if you haven't gotten one and you've given me an invitation, sorry about that. I need to, I need to do better. So I'm going to read to you an assessment, and I know you're, maybe you're driving, maybe you're, I don't know where you are listening to this, so try to do, if, you, if, you're just, if you're just listening, you don't have a place to write anything down, just maybe take mental note, or maybe go back and listen to it. So the idea here is these are just simple true or false questions. And he he says that if you have 10 or above that are true, that it's likely that your relationship's in a decent place. And if you have less than 10, then you probably need some improvement. And uh, so here it goes. Number one, we enjoy doing small things together like folding laundry or watching TV. True or false? I look forward, number two, I look forward to spending my free time with my partner. True or false? Three, at the end of the day, my partner is glad to see me. I think Shelly's happy to see me most of the time. Four, my partner is usually interested in hearing my views. Number five, I really enjoy discussing things with my partner. Number six, my partner is one of my best friends. Shelly, you're my best friend. Love you. Number seven, 
I think my partner would consider me a very close friend. Number eight, we just love talking to each other. Number nine, when we go out together, the time goes very quickly. Number 10, we always have a lot to say to each other. Number 11, we have a lot of fun together. Number 12, we are spiritually very compatible. Number 13, we tend to share the same basic values. Number 14, we like to spend time together in similar ways. Number 15, we really have a lot of common interests. 16, we have many of the same dreams and goals. Seventeen, we like to do a lot of the same things. Eighteen, even though our interests are somewhat different, I enjoy my partner's interests. Number nineteen, whatever we do together, we usually tend to have a good time. And number twenty, my partner tells me when he or she has had a bad day. I love what he he writes here at the bottom too. As he says, couples often ignore each other's emotional needs out of mindlessness, not malice. I love that. And I think in in our pain, when we feel ignored and when we feel pushed away sometimes, we assume malice, right? We assume, we kinda, we go to the, we go to the worst thing. And in, in any relationship, one of the key contributing factors to a long-lasting, good, and powerful relationship is the benefit of the doubt, giving each other the benefit of the doubt. And so uh, that's what, I love that quote because what if, what if, it's, if you could jump there next time you feel lonely or you feel emotionally disconnected from your partner, what if you assumed just mindlessness? Like, oh man, it's just, it just must be, he or she just must be pretty busy. It just hasn't been on the top of their mind right now. We're so busy doing our life that it's just, it's not working right now. We need to figure this out, but it isn't with malicious intent. They didn't wake up that day with the, the, the idea they want to hurt you, right? I sure hope not. Now, does that happen? Yeah, that does happen. And if you're in that, I'm sorry, but most people have good, good intent. So. I love this list. And if you need to go back and and rewind, obviously, like go back and have the questions again. What I love about it is no matter where you are, if you, if you, if you, you know, if you're, if your relationship's in a hard spot and you realize you didn't say true to hardly any of these, a lot of these questions, if not all of them are, are, are things that absolutely can be worked on. They can be talked about and, and then therefore become the emotional bank account because we're talking about them. And cool enough, that's not chit chat. Like talking about these things 
are it's going to put a lot more money in the bank account than just typical um, small small talk. So for me, when I saw uh, one of the ones that I read that I thought, yeah, Shelly and I could talk about this, uh, is we like to do a lot of the same things. So I would give that false in a way. Uh, Shelly and I, I, I don't think she'd care, but we, we're we very similar in a lot of ways and we're also very different. And it's the, <laughs> this will be fun to talk about. The interesting part about me and Shells is that she, for example, she just barely built this entire new like uh, part. So she, in our family room, she wanted an electric fireplace. So she builds this entire like tent. We have 10 foot ceilings. She builds this thing up. She's got a TV, a mantle. Uh, she's got the miter saw on our on our porch. She's got our air compre- an air compressor on the porch. She's got a nail gun. She's got all the drill bits out. She's she's just tearing this wall apart, building this neat framed in, you know, fireplace. Oh, and she wired it. Yeah, that's my wife. <laughs> and I'm over like looking at Lululemon, like what, what clothes do I want to get? It's, it's crazy. We are very much in, in, we, we value different things a lot of the time. And she, we've had to really grow in this. This is the, the commonality of doing things together. It's, we've had to really grow over our, over our, our marriage and find things that actually that we didn't even, neither of us had done before. That's what's helped us the most is figuring out like, like mountain biking, I didn't really mountain bike a lot. She really didn't either, but it's been, it's become a common interest for us, uh, as we've gotten older that we can do. And, 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 and it's neat because of this new thing that we did, she loved to run and I hated to run and I've learned to enjoy running now. So we can, we can do races together and do, do runs together. Uh, I've often hated games. She loves to play board games. She loves to play card games. And I have really had to push myself to learn how to like those. I just haven't loved them in my life. And so I get distracted and, and, and I hate to lose. And so I always get beaten them too. And so it's whatever. And so there's a, for the sake of the relationship, what are some things that your spouse has an interest in that quite honestly, you just aren't pushing yourself hard enough to learn. And if you, if you could push yourself a little bit, it would mean a lot to them. And think about what that invites them to do. Because Shelly didn't necessarily love talking about a lot of the stuff that I'm interested in in the early part of our marriage. And now she loves it. Now she totally asks amazing questions and wants to explore certain things about people and humans. And and so she's also learned that, which is a common interest of mine for sure. So as you're as you're look going through this list, use it as your as as a place to work. Uh, we tend to share same basic values. Do you even know what your values are? So maybe that's a date night where you take a list of values and you go to a restaurant and print off print off a, a list of values from just Google, just Google list of values. I love doing this where you go through, let's say there's a hundred different values, go through and circle all the ones that really speak to you, like honesty, loyalty, commitment, communication, you know, all those types of things. And then while you're while you're at the on the date, try to find your top ten. And then try to find your top three and share those with each other. It's a neat thing to do because also the priority of values can change over time. So when you first met each other, your your priority of values may have been a certain way. And now, having lived in your in your marriage longer, maybe they've shifted. 
And have you even assessed that? Have you made it intentional? Again, get, it'll be just doing that will create so many talking points that I would consider not even just chit chat. Maybe they're not super deep, but they they definitely will create that connection, which is which is what we're talking about today. And also, yeah, it it'll, it'll, it'll just change things up. It allows you to do something different. Uh, another one I'm looking at here that I like is uh, whatever we do together, we usually tend to have a good time. I love that one because that's all attitude. There's there's so many times I've had to apologize to Shelly after we were trying to do something and I just have to say, like, I was a jerk. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I I really did. I had a, I had a crappy attitude. And so... If, if when you do things, you know, you're not enjoying it despite it being different, that's on you. That's on you. And, and am I trying to say that your spouse could be doing something so off the wall and that you have to enjoy it? No, I'm, come on, let's, let's not get into the extremes. I just think there's a lot, there, there are a lot of things that our spouses do that we just choose to have a piss poor attitude about it. We just do. And it's a lack of forgiveness. It's a lack of compassion. And, uh, and it's trying to, again, it, it takes away from the focus of building a relationship and uh, making your relationship more competitive and transactional where, well, he didn't do that for me, so I'm not going to do it. Or she didn't do that for me, so I'm not going to do it. That's when you start getting into a fairness and a transactional relationship. So I love the concept with the, the emotional bank account because, I th- again, going back to the myth is that people believe that the power of your relationship is in its depth, or if you will, is in the depth of your conversation. The The true principle, the true principle in the relationship is turning inward towards each other. Uh, I guess you could say turning outward. It's kind of a play on, on, on words, but do we, do we turn towards each other more than we turn outward? And so these little chit chats and all those things, it, when you look at it from the principal standpoint, all of that is turning toward. And the more you turn toward, the more that you turn towards them over and over and over again, you're, you're, you're priming your relationship for romance. You're priming your relationship for sexual connection, for intimacy. And again, intimacy is not just sexual. I've said that before, but Intimacy is a, a love the play on words with intimacy is into me see. Intimacy is this uh, this ability to see more into me, and I'm allowing you to do that. And so as you as you push push these opportunities now, now that you're listening to this podcast, you're going to do that. You're going to do it. You're gonna you're you're going to see that more conversation, ironically, is going to come up that you would actually consider deep. So that's the paradox. The paradox is the, the more I'm okay with the small, the chit-chat, the little things, the small talk, I'm creating safety with my spouse to hear the deep, to hear the hard, to hear the difficult. Because we're practicing turning towards so much in so many other ways that when it really, really, really counts, there's a trust there. Sadly, the flip side is happening in a lot of in, in relationships that are struggling is that there's there's a constant desire to turn inward with really really big things and the foundation the money in the bank really isn't there so they're you're they're trying to 
have $10,000 conversations, not to, that puts money in, but that might require so much resolve and so much like difficult conversation that it might take some money out of the bank just to have them. But if there's no money in the bank, then the debt, the debt is felt and it's often felt in resentment. It's often felt in emptiness. And so what I'm proposing here is what I tell all my couples, which is what would you, if, if you, if your relationship was great, if it was just amazing, how would you treat them? What would you say to them? If you woke up tomorrow and you knew your relationship was just amazing, how would you treat them? How would you know? What would you do differently? If you got to watch that day on a, you know, on your, on your phone from a, with a video, what would you watch? What would you see differently? And I, I challenge you to make a list. I challenge you to write that question down and make the list and just try to do one. Instead of waiting for your relationship to be in a better place to do the things that you would do if it was in a better place. That isn't, that's stagnation to the T. That's called being stuck. So don't wait for your relationship to be better to do the things that would make it better. Do the things that would make it better because that's what will make it better. And whatever's stopping you, it's called blame. Re whatever resistance, which is called blame and resentment, that's stopping you, that's on you. You got to figure that out. You have to figure that out. Thanks for listening. Hope I didn't offend you. If I did, talk to me about it. But I hope your relationship, especially going into this Christmas season, can be just a little bit better. You can honor the chit chat, honor the small talk, be proud of it, be grateful for it, and know that it leads to the deeper stuff as well. Have a great day.